Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Our Favorite Films podcast. Uh, I am joined by my friend, Lindsay Paul. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Noah Baumbach's 2019 film, Marriage Story. Um, hey, Lindsay. Hi, Ella. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. Um, little nervous. Yeah, this is this is the first time I've done a podcast, so I'm excited though. Me too. Um, and we're recording remotely right now, obviously, because um we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> um so we are yeah, I'm looking at how much time we've been recording for, not actually looking at her, which is sad, but it's okay. We're making do. Yeah. Um, just before we get started, I want to say um, that each guest that we have on gets to set their own boundaries for what they're comfortable sharing um, with us on the internet. And some people will be totally open sharing their, you know, personal stories about why this movie is important to them. Some people may not be as comfortable. So it just depends on the guest and everyone is welcome to share whatever level they want. Um, and, uh, this episode will have spoilers for marriage story. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie mm-hmm. and you care about that kind of thing, um, feel free to maybe go watch the movie and then come back to join us. Um, and then listen to the episode because we will be getting into everything. All right. So Lindsay, yes. when and where did you first see this movie? Um, so I believe it came out in December of 2019, and I, I didn't watch it immediately when it came out. I think I watched it about a week later, maybe, because I'd been, I'd been pretty busy the week that it was released, but then I started hearing the hype of it on Twitter, and I was really excited because it just, it looked like a movie that I would enjoy, and Mm -hmm. so I was anticipating watching it, and some of my favorite film reviewers, uh, critics, and just friends on Twitter were really enjoying it and so I decided to watch it a couple days after it was released and I think I watched it the first time I watched it I was in my room and I watched it on my desktop um I didn't get to watch it on tv because somebody was busy but it was it was a really great experience because I was by myself um just Mm. watching it it was it was later in the evening and I I knew going in that it it was it was kind of a journey you know it um it's it's definitely kind of a roller coaster of emotions at times and so mm-hmm. i was really excited to have this time by myself to watch this movie and experience that so as far as the first watch it was it was probably the best experience that i could have had that's great um and i just i want to ask how much did Adam Driver have to do with your excitement going into this movie? I mean, I'm a huge Adam Driver fan. I love him mm-hmm. so much. Well, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he was a big part of it mm-hmm. because, I mean, I try and watch as much of his stuff as possible. Yeah. Um, like, in that month of December, he had Star Wars Marriage Story and The Report come out. And I watched, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I watched, like, all of those within, like, the time period of, like, a week. That's, and, or, like, that's two weeks. love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he did, I mean, I can't deny, yeah, he did have a part in it, but I I can't just say, you know, I can't just say I watched it just for him. Right. No, that's understandable. I was excited to see him in a movie like that. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so I know we went over the when and where, but 
when you watched it for the first time, what type of headspace were you in? Um, well, I, I mean, I was excited about it. You know, I mm-hmm. was, it was one of my favorite or like most anticipated movies of Oscar season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, I was excited, but I was also kind of at this point of, I was really calm, I guess. Like, I was very much awaiting it. And so I mm-hmm. wanted to experience it in the most, like, I don't, it was just a very, I was very relaxed. And as the movie went on and on, I just kind of let it carry me in a way. Yeah. So I let the emotions of the movie kind of determine how, how I was feeling and what I, you know, like, it, yeah. I let it take me along on the journey instead of just kind of, I let myself be immersed in it versus yeah. being just on the outside watching a movie you know I don't know if that makes sense mm-hmm. rather than trying to actively engage and yeah criticize in what you're saying yeah. I wasn't trying to make it anything that it wasn't I was just trying to take it for what it was yeah that's a great way to put it I totally understand what you're saying yeah um and so it was pretty much love it first watch for you wasn't it yeah actually so the first time I watched it I think I watched it the day after so I think I watched it like I've I've seen the movie like ten or eleven times. <laughs> and so, I was gonna ask you about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the first time I watched it, I just like I was wrecked after I watched it. Like mm-hmm. it it pulled at like every emotion that I had. It was happy, it made me laugh, it made me cry, it made me just feel alone, but it also made me feel held. Like it mm. so it was yeah, it was definitely love at first sight, and then I just kept watching it um, pretty much all of December. And the, yeah, but how with each watch, can you recall how your feelings changed about it? Yeah, so I would say for like the first three watches, it was a pretty similar experience to like the first one, except mm. each time I was finding different parts of it, right? So the the first time I was feeling very vulnerable, like, because the fight scene was like, you know, that, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's parents fight, but like, you know, just seeing something like that portrayed so raw on screen, I just, I was like, okay, well, that's just a raw moment in the human experience that a lot of people experience. And to see it portrayed so accurately, I was just taken back by it but not in a bad way obviously like in a way that just you know like when you're watching a movie and you're like wow I wish I could do something that made me feel that way or or brought out an emotion like that and so Mm -hmm. I was just that particular scene the first time really struck a bone with me and then the next couple rewatches it was like when he goes back to Nicole's house and she cuts his hair right or reading the letter and those so like every watch I was finding different things that were pulling me out and making me feel a certain vulnerability or emotion. And then as, as I watched it probably to like the sixth, the sixth or seventh rewatches, it, it became my comfort movie, you know, like it's just, you've watched it so many times and know what you experienced through it. But even though it's kind of, it's kind of a sad movie, you know, it's like, they don't, 
they don't end up together. They mm-hmm. they go through this whole roller coaster of falling away from each other. But it's just the human experience in that, you know, going through a divorce and everything. It did it in a way that still made me feel like, I, I don't know. It's just, there's a certain love to it between mm-hmm. the characters, even though they're falling away from each other. And that made me feel really comforted. Yeah, that is really comforting. And I, I think we have this in common that um, for both of us, some of our comfort movies are, like you said, actually pretty sad from an yeah. objective standpoint. Um, but for me, I think the way I can best characterize it, and you can correct me with if I'm wrong, um, but is it's almost like, I don't know, like a theme park ride that you've mm-hmm. been on before yeah. that you know and love. And it's something, even if it is sad, it's comforting. And you know, okay, if I need to, I can feel this emotion here and this emotion here. It's a good release. Exactly. Um, and it sounds like, uh, it's interesting because you said like the first three times, it sounds like you were pretty vulnerable towards it. And specifically mm-hmm. that fight scene really mm-hmm. struck you. Yes. And that those first three watches were really... Um, maybe kind of difficult or mm-hmm. yeah well like they were they were I mean they were emotionally it wasn't necessarily difficult but it was definitely like a, a I don't know maybe strain I don't know if that's the right word it just mm-hmm. there was a tension to it like an emotional tension I guess yeah that definitely at different parts so the biggest would definitely be the fight scene but then it was like when Charlie, uh, you know, in the courtroom, or not in the courtroom, but when they're having their meeting um, with lawyers, the first one with the first lawyer, Bert, and mm. he's like, maybe, maybe you'll, your son will want to do college on the East Coast or anything. And it's just like this, you lost your kid kind of moment. There's these different points through those first three watches that, I mean, I'm not a parent. I'm 17 years old. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a kid, yeah. but like, they still, I felt kind of, relative you know like I feel like anybody could have related to those moments of losing some you know losing this battle that you so desperately want to win but it's also with these people that you love so you can't you know it's yes yeah yeah it's like your own desire and selfishness versus the people you love which I yeah. think is very like you said it's very human yeah. um and that was something um, that I wanted to talk to you about because I've seen this movie twice now. Mm-hmm. Um, when it first came out, I was um, able to see it in theaters, which was great. Um, but I was really struck by um, this is a film about divorce called Marriage Story. <laughs> and when I hear something like that, my brain, I would instantly go to, um, I don't know. It's it's kind of that title itself is a little cynical, um, or, kind or of ironic. It, yes, yeah. Like it, it's it feels like it's setting you up for, you know, what what I'm familiar with with Noah Baumbach, mm-hmm. um, kind of the maybe a little catty, um, not necessarily in a bad way. That's just how I think of him. But I personally was very surprised, and I think this is why, for myself, this is my favorite film of his, is because it is not cynical, um, no, really much at all. And it is 
um, very caring, Mm -hmm. I think, towards its characters. Um, And was that something, were you surprised by that? Or that? I mean, well, so for, I mean, what I love about Marriage Story, right? So the title, you know, it doesn't necessarily fit exactly, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not a divorce story, but it, it, yes, it is a sad movie at times, but after watching it as many times as I have and really kind of relating, I mean, not relating to the characters, obviously, I've said it before, but I'm I'm not, I've never been married, I've never gone through a divorce, obviously, but, like, Mm -hmm. there's, the characters are so fleshed out, and at the end of the day, I just felt the emotions they were feeling, but I, in a lot of ways, yes, it's about divorce, but I feel like it's still about love. You know, like at the beginning of the movie, it starts with them reading their letters and it's everything that they love about each other. Mm-hmm. And then you start from there and you kind of go through this downfall of seeing how everything is falling apart and seeing what led to them getting to this point in their marriage where they, they have to stop. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, they're falling away from each other. They're breaking up. But at the end of the movie, you know, Nicole, when Charlie's taking Henry to go to their Halloween or whatever they're doing, she ties a shoe, like, and reading the letter, there's still, there's still love for them, even mm-hmm. if they can't be together in a romantic relationship. It's like, in a like, it's almost a friendship, I would I don't know, it's just. Yeah, and you. I don't think you can even really put it into words because that's such a strange, unique it, dynamic that I don't go, think we're yeah, really prepared for or so know. Much. Yeah, or like know how to articulate. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, if we're talking about the letters, it, one of the, you know, before the last scene, one of the f- final word or words spoken in the film is, um, what is it? Uh, about loving him, I... But I'll always love him, or... Yes. Yeah. yeah, even though it doesn't make sense anymore. Yep. <sighs> that, that whole... That whole performance, like, everything about that is just... I mean, I think part... I'm not even... Like, I can't hide it. Part of the reason I love the movie so much is Adam Driver's performance. Of course, and, yeah. And it's not, it's not just because I love Adam Driver, but he poured his heart and soul into that movie, and in every moment in that movie it's just there's so many super small details just in his face alone that really show you the turmoil that he's going through and this whole and and, i mean scarlett johansson she she does you know (laughs) she She tried she i mean i think i think it's her best performance yeah no i agree um they both did a a great job, mm-hmm. but I mean, especially Adam Driver, like yes, yeah, yeah, just watching him is insane. Yes, um, and I wanted to yeah ask you about well Adam and Scarlett. Um, we've talked about Adam, but we separate from this podcast have discussed. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna try not to be mean. Um, neither of us are uh, very big fans of Scarlett Johansson as an actress or public figure in any way, which we don't need to get into a lot of that. But um, I, for me, on the last watch, I, I don't think the performance is bad. 
But I do think when you're up against someone like Adam Driver, it's just hard. Yeah, you can't compete with the energy. Yeah, you you don't compare when you don't compete. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I don't want to talk about that. What we've discussed a little bit would you replace her with someone else like in your dream scenario yeah i mean so first off i would just like to say that i think their dynamic in the movie is is fine like you know it's they both had great performances Mm -hmm. but i do i do feel like scarlett johansson if there was one thing to take you out of the movie it would be her because Though their dynamic is is fine, I definitely feel like it's almost a 70-30% kind of situation mm-hmm. as far as who's carrying the the load of you know <laughs> yeah. of yeah. So I I would like I'm I think I if I could, I would have replaced her. I feel like again, I think it's the best performance she's done mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh god this is so mean <laughs> yeah we're like but, best performance she's ever done but kick her out but yeah it's just she I feel like when you see Scarlett Johansson on screen right you know it's Scarlett Johansson you yeah it, at first glance you don't take a look into the character yeah and you just you're like oh that's she's Scarlett Johansson playing playing Nicole so you know yes I think that there definitely probably would have been a better person. I've I've thought about it, but I honestly, I know we've discussed oh yeah some people, mm-hmm. but honestly, I don't I don't exactly know who. Just somebody who could easily blend in mm-hmm. with the character a bit more, and yes. maybe even bring a little bit more depth I feel like sometimes a lot of what Scarlett Johansson does in her roles is she's a bit standoffish Mm, and I I feel like at times that kind of showed in marriage story at times that it didn't necessarily have to if that if that makes sense yeah no I can see what you mean yeah so I probably would have replaced her I'm sorry yeah Johansson no it's (laughs) hey we're being honest um I since we've discussed this before, I just want to bring up Lupita Nyong'o. Yes. And I, I think that's going to be a theme on this podcast is I'm going <laughs> to end up working um, her into every single episode, even if she has absolutely nothing to do with the movie. Um, you absolutely should. <laughs> as I should. I think she's like, well, I found out she's like in her, in her mid thirties. I thought she was 30 max. Um, really? oh but I think of her age range, she's probably our best working actress, yeah. film actress specifically, um, just in my opinion. Um, but she was someone. What What do you think about that? No, I definitely agree with you. Like, it, I just, yeah, it, her performance in Us especially, like seeing her, and it's, it's a different situation because first off, it's a horror movie, right? <laughs> yeah. But in the more domestic moments, you definitely see how she would fit into a movie like this and I think that the dynamic would because you have two really strong you know actors you know actor and actress Mm -hmm. with each other and I feel like it would have been a better split um as far as kind of the emotional like who's who's carrying it who's carrying it Yeah. yeah I feel like you and I feel like it also would have brought out maybe different emotions maybe we could have seen 
more vulnerability on Nicole's part. And there are a lot of there are a lot of very vulnerable moments for her, especially in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I wanted to just I wanted to bring up because we're <laughs> kind of um, not being so nice. I do want to compliment her on um, some of her scenes with Laura Dern yes. um, are pretty incredible. Um, the one in particular where she's talking about um, well when she first meets Nicole and it's what like five minutes of her just it's only her Um, Mm -hmm. and maybe you get a couple reaction shots from Laura Dern Um, but I think that that, that's her best moment I, I believe what do you think oh hands down absolutely like that whole her whole monologue there everything about that it, it's just like you know Laura Dern asks you know how are how are you feeling or, or whatever it's are you okay whatever this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that line was and you just have this moment where she's like she's just trying to be composed and then right. it's obvious that nobody has really asked her about herself yeah you know and she just starts to break down and it's just everything about that scene it, it's still she's carrying this composure but she's falling apart but in the convert the small talk that she has with Laura Dern about you know the tea or the cookies it's she's still bringing the elements of Nicole to life and it's Mm -hmm. kind of you know it's still a maternal kind of thing you know how moms will ask around about certain things you know she's still carrying these small little details about her character while having this huge kind of breakdown of emotions and coping with everything that's happened in the short time of splitting with Charlie and it's it's just this absolutely fantastic moment and one of my favorite things about that scene besides her acting um, is actually the camera work involved during that monologue once she sits down for the final time there's this zoom and it's very slow it just kind of crawls across the screen until eventually it's just her and I think that I think I mean I love that because it kind of brings this isolation to her and looking at Nicole alone, not Nicole with Charlie, not Nicole with Henry, just Nicole. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I hadn't really even thought about it that way because um, I think one of the really interesting things about Nicole and that maybe just inherently as a woman mm-hmm. I'm interested in is, um, I don't know, her her isolation and that just the fact that, I don't know, we get not even hints, but um, she talks about, she mentions several times that she feels like she's completely lost herself in this mm-hmm. marriage and that she has no sense of selfhood. Um, so I think that was a really good choice to, you know, give her her moments to yeah. release, but, but it's just solely about her Yeah, um, in those moments. What I, what I really like about, I'm... I was just thinking about this when we were talking. So the I feel like the beginning half of the movie, right? There's definitely like this kind of turning point. And yeah. I feel like that's when the lawyers start, you know, probably when Laura Dern and the uh, Adam Driver's lawyer, Bert, when they have their meeting, I would, you know, that's kind of because the first half of the movie, I would definitely say that Nicole is the most vulnerable she has she feel like she's lost and charlie is definitely the one who's still composed and he's kind of living life as if it 
more normal, even right, though there's yeah. this kind of disruptance going on. And then yeah, after he's still that, in New York, isn't he? Yeah, he's still okay. living his yeah. life. Okay. And then after that meeting with the lawyers, it kind of becomes this point where, okay, Nicole's in LA now. She has her strength. She's with her family. Things are kind of looking up for her. And then Charlie, everything's kind of slipping out. You know, the rug's been pulled from under his feet. And he's beginning to lose his composure. And I just really, I don't know what else to say. I just really like the dynamic and the formatting of like how that was written. I think Noah Baumbach did a fantastic job with that. And I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. That's a really good thing to point out. I agree. Um, And I just want to ask, are you, we've gone over a whole lot of things, all the different things about this movie that move you. Um, But if you could, put into words what at its core do you think it is about marriage story that you find so compelling that is so comforting to you and keeps you coming back to it what is that um I think in the most basic way it has to be how raw it I mean yeah like the the emotional how kind of distraught these characters are and their emotional journey and the roller coaster that we talked about that they experienced. Yeah. It's just how they're coping, I guess. It's definitely the rawness that they experience and it's it's the scenes. Yeah, I yeah. guess and but it's also I feel like despite how raw it is, it's comforted um with a lot of it is like we're talking it's we've talked a lot about how sad and how raw and you know just emotional it is but there's also a lot of movies that kind of or i mean not moments that uh really balance it out like when charlie's being served there's <laughs> you're being that, served like, <laughs> there's this whole kind of comedic moment with uh her sister yeah. and you know and it, it's he he when he's going to his first lawyer he parks the car too far away uh-huh. there's just these little kind of elements to it that definitely balance out how much pain that the characters each go through yeah um and i just i really like the balance and d- yeah that's yeah. it's all about forgiveness and i don't know yeah finding definitely. light in situations that feel impossible as you said hope yeah exactly well i want to move on to my more marriage story specific questions for you that i wrote while we were watching it via facetime (laughs) um thank you COVID 19 (laughs) yeah gosh um so okay i don't even know how to explain this but i have been made aware that you know this film is somewhat based off of Noah Baumbach's life um, and divorce um, situation. Um, But in the film, to pay for the divorce and all the things that come with it, he directs to, like, shitty plays. But in real life, Noah Baumbach wrote the script for Madagascar 3, (laughs) (laughs) which is not nearly as glamorous as directing a couple shitty plays. Um. <laughs> I mean, I love that whole 
because it i mean obviously i was not there when the when noah bobak's divorce went down i don't really know <laughs> what happened but i can probably assure you that it wasn't the glamorous marriage story divorce no. where no. where uh, <laughs> our characters had some pr- pretty pretty good uh projects that they were working on at the time Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Madagascar Three is a fun is it's a fun movie. You know, <laughs> it's good for him. You know, yeah. <laughs> he he made a lot of kids' day when they saw that movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I just think it's really funny that he decided. I mean, and I guess it wouldn't have made sense for Charlie to write Madagascar Three. Right. Um, I don't think they would have included that. And I think it's but... supposed to be set more recently than. Yeah, definitely. Like you, see, uh, I, you see the Ready Player One poster in the background when they're at the theater. But yeah, anyways. And, and Adam Driver is just carrying a laptop on top right. of his head. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I just I think it's I think it's pretty funny that uh, it is pretty funny. he he t- tried to glamorize his his work a little bit. Yeah. It's him. yeah. It doesn't even bother me. It's just funny. It's it's just it's so funny. It's I didn't even know that until like probably a month ago mm-hmm. and then when I thought I literally I couldn't stop laughing for like mm-hmm. 10 minutes mm-hmm. I can kind of imagine him <laughs> sat at his desk all sad writing just, a... yeah 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 um and this was a movie that was uh very memed when it came out so um yeah do you think it was funny like in general do you think the memes were funny were they so I have to tell you, I really, I did think the memes were funny. Um, there, I mean, the reaction image of Adam Driver punching through a wall. Yes. I, mean, I have to tell you, I used that at times. Yep. You ha- Oh yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> so I did think it was funny, but my, my problem with the memes is they became so mainstream. Like originally within the first couple of days of its release, it was just a film Twitter thing where only mm-hmm. people who probably had seen the movie were using it and so I was totally cool with that because it was like okay you understand the context of the situation you know the, what's happening there and how it's like the peak of the movie you know and but then it started to kind of bleed into popularity and then people were almost making fun of, of those moments and yeah. I was I'm I'm mar- I'm a marriage story defender, you know. Yes, that- of course. <laughs> so <laughs> that did upset me a little bit because it it's just at that point, you know. Yeah. So much has happened, and to not understand what's going on, I- and obviously it's such a sm- it's a meme, so it's not that big of a deal. But I just wish that people had maybe watched it before it got to be one of the most popular memes. Yeah, and. It was very strange because I had multiple people, because, you know, I have established myself as a movie person, obviously, (laughs) God, Um, but I had multiple people ask me or say, oh, I I saw those marriage story memes, like, that movie looks so stupid, and I just say, yeah, "Um, I mean, I could see out of context how that, some of the things that are said in that scene are kind of silly, but I just, and I also had someone ask me if I thought that, if that, if the acting in that scene was good. And I was like, well, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, so it was strange. Um, it was also just weird that 
I don't know, Noah Baumbach, who's, I know, I mean, he's not, he's not some tiny filmmaker, right? Like, if you're familiar with but he's, our current state He's also not, like, you know, he's not, I don't think he's that into the mainstream either, you know, that he no. was, that that, and there were so many of them. There were so many memes. Like, even at the beginning, I love the Scarlett Johansson one dancing one where it was oh, like a, yes where a med like you know medicine drug ad mm-hmm. vocal was behind it and that yep. was i really liked that one i have to <laughs> but it gets That's a good one. yeah yeah so uh, it's just it's it's a little bit funny to me how much attention those memes got despite it being marriage story yeah and i think that's a whole different conversation of with the current state of streaming of how much of that is manufactured and how much of it is genuinely just people reacting to it. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've heard some conversations about that, like with baby Yoda, but that's a conversation for a different time. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to ask you, because I remember when it came out, I saw a lot of people like on Letterboxd and I don't know, in my real life talking about how much they hated their son Henry and how they thought he was a brat um and I kind of love this kid because I don't know he's great and I love his floppy hair and his his fits make this fucking movie he all the layers oh my god he's fearless he's an icon Um, but what shorts yes basketball shorts with like sweatpants underneath I mean come on um, but what are your thoughts on Henry? Because as a marriage story lover, what do you think about Henry? I mean, I do see the argument for why people think he's a brat, but I also mm-hmm. think that those people need to accept the fact that he's eight years old. Right. And I know yeah. that when I was eight years old, I definitely had, you know, a preferred parent that I would spend my time around. So you can't really get on him about wanting to be with his mom more than his dad. Kids grow up and they change. And I mean, I think I think he's a great character. I think he balances out the two of them. I think he brings out the best in both characters, and I also sometimes think he brings out the worst in both characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, I think that Henry is incredibly well-written. Um, again, his fits, uh, brilliant. Yes, but make the movie. Yeah, I don't... I, for me. I don't think... I mean, I definitely don't despise him. I yeah. obviously... I'm 17 years old. I would have preferred to have a more equal distribution of, you know, which parents I was spending time with. But he's, at the end of the day, he's eight years old. Of course, he wants to stay with his mom and his cousins and be with his new friends. Like, that makes sense. And you can't, you can't get on him about that because he's just a kid. (laughs) He's he's an (laughs) eight-year-old fictional character. What is wrong with you people? Yeah. Um, That was my thought process when it first came out. Um... Let's talk about Laura Dern. Let's. Laura Dern. <laughs> oh my god. That was brilliant. I love, yeah. Forever. The Indie Spirit Awards. They're the only awards show. Only, it's the only one. Only awards show. Yeah. Only one from now on. Yeah. Period. Um, uh, there is so much to unpack here. She won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress a couple months ago. Um, it was her first Oscar, um, which is surprising. crazy. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about her delivery of he didn't even do the fucking oh, yes. um, and how she improvised that, right? 
That's what I heard. I don't, I don't. Was it that line? I think it was that line. I, but that whole, she has, she has a lot of great moments. I love her character so, so much. Um, But Mm -hmm. that definitely was what won her the Oscar. Oh, yeah. Like, without a doubt, her delivery of it is, it's so simple, but it's so real, too. Like, you definitely... Laura Dern, I mean, to me at least, she's just as famous. Again, to me, I know in reality she might not be as Scarlett Johansson, right? But I feel like she blends in more with the movie than Mm. Scarlett Johansson does. Um, And so when she delivered that line, I was like, okay, this, yeah, this is this is her character. This is not her, and it, it definitely her performance. Her delivery, her physical, like the way that yes. the way that she, she was dressed within the film, right? It's, yes, it's um, slutty Laura Dern. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very uh, liberal. Um, <laughs> she she's so composed and she has such strength about her, mm-hmm. but she, you know, she does it in this way that she isn't really. She's kind of fearless in everything that she does as far as her character goes as far as how she dresses she goes up against these lawyers like it's obvious when you're watching the movie that she is very powerful in the divorce oh yeah you know and she's so comfortable within her own self and i think between that the um marriage story and big little lies we've seen that that's something that laura dern does very well and um even though uh I do think um, Nora and Renata Klein from Big Little Lies are quite similar characters. Um, I think they're both very individually well-realized. And I think, for me, you can see that. There's just little subtle moments in her performance in Marriage Story that just kind of... First time I was watching it, I just felt myself, like, grabbing (laughs) under the edge of my seat. Like, oh, my God, this woman knows exactly what she is doing. She knows exactly Um, what she's doing. Yeah. And when she takes that, when she takes her jacket off, I think the first time she's meeting Nicole, like, she just establishes herself. Yeah. And then she takes it off. Right then and there. She takes it off again in the courtroom. Yes. It's just. Yeah. That's like, like, what are you going to do about it? That's her power. This is me. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. God's in heaven, and he didn't even do the fucking... That whole monologue. What a moment. <laughs> wow. I, it's just, it's such a brilliant, like, everybody was joking on Twitter about, after Noah Baumbach wrote that, how proud he must have been of himself. You know, like, he was, you right. know, he... Feminist icon, <laughs> Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. So that was, I yeah, that, but it, it is a great monologue. It's, again, it's one of my favorite moments too. Just there's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I just love Laura Dern though, so maybe I'm biased, but that's just a great yeah. moment. Yeah, and I think I mean this is because we're both nerds <laughs> and we follow award season closely. She was one of the best parts oh, of award season. If I mean, so if not, be. come on. I mean, well, like Parasite, I would Parasite say the, the Holy Trinity was. Parasite cast and crew, everything they did, Brad Pitt's <laughs> I don't give a fuck speeches, and Laura Dern, Laura Derning. Like um, that whole like choir moment. Oh my god. Arguably the best moment of one of the best moments of the 
2000 or 2010 decade absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yes um let's see what else um i oh i wrote down when we were watching it i said is cassie the underrated mvp see what do you think okay she's only in a couple scenes she is i but we also watching it for whatever i don't i think that was my 10th or 11th time i can't i can't remember but (laughs) watching that with you um you really liked uh what's it i can't i don't know if he merit weaver yeah yeah he he's also great um oh wait he's he's a balding guy oh no oh i was talking about so merit weaver plays cassie um, oh, that's Ray Liotta. No, or wait. no, no, it's not no, Ray no, Liotta. no. Ray Liotta's the oh lawyer. It's no, I know who you're talking about. He's yeah, four time Oscar yeah, winner. Yeah, and he gets interrupted. I cannot remember his name. Yeah, I don't know. But I know who you're talking about. He's named in the movie. Um, he he's also great, but I think probably widely most. Yeah, Cassie. Her whole it's a pie. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole like. Nicole's family dynamic is so funny to me and I think it lightens everything up because her mom is such you know it's it's the she's so weird it's the stereotypical California actress kind of thing you know and then Cassie's just there she's not really an actress and she does live performance but she's definitely not as into it as Nicole and her mom but she you know is she still She's she's comic relief, but I think she totally. I, I love her character, and then at the end of the movie, she's dressed up as, uh, what is it, Audrey yeah. Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, yeah. and so and God, it's so good. In um, the, the yes, for sure, and I I think she was really great comedic relief. Um, yeah, and there's this little moment that I think about all the time when they're in the kitchen when Charlie comes back to LA mm-hmm. and when Nicole has decided to, you know, get a lawyer. Um, and, you know, she says, you guys are getting a divorce. You're being served. I don't know. <laughs> and then she walks out, but there's a moment, I think it's before he even gets there when they're like, quote, practicing yeah. um, for what they're going to say when she has the envelope and she like walks out. I wish, I wish this was video, but she like walks out and her hair flips and she immediately yes. walks back in. Like Merritt Weaver knew exactly what she was doing that, it, and she did it so perfectly. That's one of my favorite things about her character. Like she's so, I mean, every, you know, quirky, but like yeah. she, she is. And it's, it, she's just, she's so funny. And I, yeah, she definitely balances out the family dynamic that Nicole has. And for that scene, where it's kind of the initial, okay, well, this is, we're, we're definitely kind of at the point of no return as far as a divorce is going. Yes. She definitely balances that scene out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I want to finish up by talking about one of your favorite things, or what what I... I've heard you talk about it a lot. Um, is the score? Yes. Um, Randy Newman. Yeah, Randy Newman. What? What is it about this score that you love so much? Like, well, okay. Is it? So first, you know, I I play the violin, and so I tend mm-hmm. to fall to scores that are pretty orchestral, mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, I can play this in the future if I want to. 
with with this score, I definitely feel that, and there's a, definitely a lot of violin kind of solo highlighted moments in it. So mm-hmm. I love that part from kind of a practical standpoint. But yeah, why I keep coming back to it, and why I seriously I listen to this score probably once every day or once every other day. Yes, yes, I follow you on Last FM. <laughs> I see it sometimes. Yeah, I uh, definitely listen to it a lot, and it just it it's so sweet i feel like i feel when you're watching a movie right the soundtrack mm-hmm. or the score either carries it or it supports it or it's almost forgotten about and mm-hmm. i think what makes a great movie in a lot of ways is the score and i think that randy newman perfectly composed this to to carry the movie in a lot of ways there a lot of the most tender moments don't even have dialogue. Like, right, yeah. They're almost purely just the score. And they're, you know, when you're listening to it, it's it's easy listening. It's not, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not, a pleasant. It's, you can listen to it. I've listened to it while doing homework and stuff. Yeah, it's like, right. it's super relaxing. But it's there's also moments when I'm listening, especially to mommy phase which is probably my favorite um mm. piece oh yeah bumping it in the car <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've done it we, we're the only two people that would like listen to a soundtrack and be like yeah this this hits <laughs> this hits it does that one in particular it's it's so tender and you feel the the love in it you know but mm. you also feel kind of the loneliness in it too um, mm-hmm. but when you compare it to uh, Trick or Treat slash Soft Pants, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it that one's a little bit more enthusiastic, I guess. I would say, you know, it's mm. it, there's a different kind of excitement to it that works. It just it's it. There's a lot of variety in it, and I just love how. I would just say it's a very tender score, and it's easily probably my favorite score I've ever. And I listen to a lot of soundtracks, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Hans Zimmer, which, you know, but this one, um, yep. it just, mm-hmm. yeah, it hits in a different way. Than, it hit different. <laughs> it, hit, it hit different, <laughs> um, but it's just so soft and tender. And it's it's short and sweet. I think it's only like 45, or it's, it's yeah, it's not even an hour. Yeah. For a movie that's, what, like two hours and 15 minutes? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's not overbearing. No. All right. Well, unless you have, do you have anything else you want to chat about? No, I just want to say thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me talk about Marriage Story. Uh, I love it so much, and I'm so glad that uh, we got to have this conversation. It's been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm. Thank you for being the first guest, for being my test monkey. I was really nervous, but I think it went well. I think so, too. I'm yeah. always here to do whatever we want to talk about movies i, I love them <laughs> of course and we might um we have a little maybe switcheroo episode that at some point we'll be doing that would if, be yes that Lindsay has offered but that that will be in the future yep um well i think we're gonna sign off uh stay tuned for the next episode um we will see you later